0: Hello everyone, this is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast. We're excited today. We're gonna be talking about all things incident response and the importance of that. And with me is one of the best experts in the market that we can talk to about it. So Tim, why don't you go ahead and tell us who you
1: are and what do you do? So I'm Tim Opsitnik. I'm the general counsel for TCDI and uh, TCDI provides cybersecurity incident response services as well as uh, uh, other ancillary uh, uh, legal services. I am um, also here in my capacity as being on the advisory board for on-call cyber uh, and so I'm looking forward to our discussion of incident response today. Sounds awesome, Tim. Let's
0: kick it right off you know how how do the various organizations that you belong to and work for and 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 are on the advisory board of on-call cyber help customers with incident response?
1: yeah, so let's talk uh, specifically about on-call cyber. i, I know that's uh, that was one of the the things that we wanted to talk about today. And you know on-call cyber is the uh, uh, the cyber crisis team for small and middle market businesses. Uh, it's a comprehensive solution to the challenges uh, that uh, small businesses and middle market businesses face. And what is the
0: importance of having a well-defined incident response plan in place for cyber incidents and what are some of the key components of those plans
1: yeah so uh a lot of, a lot to that question let me <laughs> let me saying you know look uh, uh, incidents uh cyber incidents vary and they're they're very complex often very difficult to explain what happened how it happened and so, For many organizations, they're often more judged about what they did when they received notice of an incident. So they're more judged about their conduct as part of responding to an incident, and hence the importance for uh, uh, an incident response plan. You know, time is of the essence when responding to an incident. Uh, Every second counts. It's very stressful. Nobody works well uh, in a crisis without preparation. So it's important that decisions are, are not being made on the fly and that, uh, you know, it increases the likelihood for, uh, for bad decisions. So uh, a company response to a breach uh, is often analyzed by how they responded. And so a written incident response plan uh, allows an organization to more effectively deal with uh, responding to uh, those crises. So let me let me a- answer the second part of the question. Is you know what are some of the things that make an incident response plan uh, effective? One of the things that go into it first, um, best practice is that it's in writing. Uh, I often hear people say, "Well, you know the the uh, IT people have it," um, and and they may well, but but it really is most effective to have something in writing. And look, there are templates that are out there available for companies to use, small businesses to use. Uh, I think what's important is every organization is different, and you have to take a proportional approach to an incident response plan. You know, sub for a small business, it, it may be something that's no more than three to five pages. For larger organizations, an incident response plan could be fifty pages or more. And so, each organization is different. You got to look at yourself. You got to figure out what, you know, what's going to work for you. It often depends on your IT footprint. The type of, uh, the type of data you have, and uh, the complexity of your systems. Tim, walk us through the typical
0: stages of an incident response process, from detection to containment,
1: maybe eradication and recovery. Well, so I've already started by talking about uh, preparedness and how uh, how important preparation is for an incident response plant. That it's something in writing. So I include that as one of the steps, uh, but you know, there's there's some sort of trigger. Uh, something has happened, and uh, somebody gets a somebody in IT typically gets a, gets a call and says, "Hey, uh, I'm seeing something here, and and it's strange." And so uh, you know, there's this the, this initial step of an ad- identification of what what may have happened, and and. Types of uh, indicators might be, uh, you know, that particular accounts are being used that uh, hadn't been used. There could be alter- alteration to logs or malicious code or loss of availability of services. There are lots of indicators. And so um, once it's identified, then that's typically when the incident response plan calls for uh, you to uh, start the. Uh, containment process. So it, it's usually there's an assembly uh, of the people who have the various roles in the incident response plan. So the uh, the team assembles, and and that's typically when uh, the lawyers initially get involved. When both in-house counsel, if there is in-house counsel, your uh, c- your cybersecurity officers, your compliance officers, you know, lots of different people get involved, and you know they start to brainstorm about what is it we're seeing and what sort of steps we sh- should we take? You know, how do we preserve the evidence? Uh, you know, how do we contain this? What might what might we do for containment? So uh, and and once things are contained, then then the next step really is an investigation. You know, interview people about what they've seen, uh, documentation, uh, analysis uh, of logs, um, Memory, forensic images, data—any data that's out there. And then the next stage is is one of eradication. It's it's try to, you know, fix it, get rid of it, whatever's out there. Let's let's get rid of it. Um, and you know, you're gonna have a. Uh, you typically, you're gonna brainstorm about how that might be done, and you're gonna prioritize how to do it. And and then next, there's a recovery, and and in the recovery process, that's where you're. Uh, remediating any vulnerabilities you're restoring services uh, you're restoring data from backups if that's necessary uh, and uh, you're you're trying to put confidence back in the uh in the systems themselves and then uh you know one of the last steps really is reflection and that's you know that's looking at what happened how it happened and what you might do differently I love it Let's talk a little bit about after that cybersecurity
0: incident, what strategies can organizations employ that will help them have an effective and faster recovery of their systems and data? Well,
1: again, I'm going to get back to this preparation I, <laughs> I and a, a theme through uh, all the questions you've asked. And, and so uh, preparation is a big part of that. Uh, you know, it, it, it is virtually inevitable that all organizations will have some sort of an incident. And so best to prepare for it. And, and that's going to solve a lot of issues. Um, but, you know, uh, w- once it happens, you're we talked about that debrief. You're going to think about, you know, what, what security controls were uh, affected? And, you know, do we need to do more uh, the next time? And, you know, were the services easy to restore? Do we had some difficulty restoring services? You know what did our plans and our process look like? Did did our incident response plan go as expected? How might we do it differently the next time, um, and and make make changes to the incident response plan and and make changes to your controls? You know, identify the things that you should, you know, start doing uh, and those things that you should stop doing. I'm going to ask kind of a, a quick little side question, talking about you know
0: some of the the changes to the incident response plan. I'm curious your thoughts on practicing or what we call tabletopping those incident response plans. You know, How effective is that for making sure that you're doing what's right if something were to occur?
1: Well, it, it's absolutely necessary to practice your incident response plan. As you said, tabletops are an essential part of it. It's not enough uh, simply to uh, have the response plan sitting on the shelf. You have to practice that process. Um, and, you know, the same is true, for example, of when you take backups. It's not enough just to have a backup. You've got to, you know, have practices trying to recover those backups. Since the response plans are the same same sort of instance, we, we recommend that, you know, organizations uh, a few times a year take a look at uh, and go through that process Call people in who, who might be involved in it and, and practice the process. And, and each time change it up a little. Maybe it's, maybe it's ransomware one time, and maybe it's you know, a system going offline another time. Love it. Thank you for that. That's great insight.
0: We've talked a lot about incident response, and and, and you've mentioned a number of times how it requires collaboration between multiple teams, IT, legal, communications. How can organizations foster effective cross-disciplinary teamwork
1: during an incident? Boy, I, I hate to do this and come back again to the the preparedness and the, the and the, the But really, the incident response plan has to have defined roles, and it's it's going to say you know who's the captain of the ship, and you know who are the people that are in there that need to make those decisions, and how are those communications made? You know, there's there's often tension between, uh, you know, do we notify somebody sooner rather than later, and and it and and you know, every every moment, every hour, you seem to know more about what happened and how it happened, and so there's always a tension for, uh, you know, uh, being able to provide additional information, and so it, it's really essential to have those roles defined as, so that those people can work effectively with one another. Tim, this
0: was amazing. Succinct, to the point. I got it. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the CyberPro podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.